0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to our next episode of Obscure Animation. We are here to talk about underrated, underappreciated, uh, obscure <laughs> animation.
1: Unknown. Unknown. And,
0: <laughs> and it's really fun. It's something I love doing every month. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and my friend Stanford always always does this every month. <laughs> hey. Nice, yes.
1: to, nice to talk with you.
0: Yes, I- uh, yeah, we've done like thirty of these now. Can you believe it?
1: Can you believe it?
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Uh, all I the cool it. films that you've introduced me to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love doing it. I mean, I, the, none of these ever get like huge numbers, but I just enjoy it so much that I don't care because <laughs> I like yeah. doing it. Yeah. uh And uh yeah, we've really seen some wonderful.
1: Seen some really interesting. Films. Yeah.
0: And it's really run fun. The gamut. Yeah, it's really fun when one of those old reviews somebody will come on, and I'll get a random comment every now and then on on uh, on one of them, and and uh, i feel like, oh yeah, that was we had a comment this week about Louise by the Shore. Someone right. talked about it. And yes. I was like, oh, that was such a good movie. That was so much fun to talk about.
1: Yeah, that is such a good movie.
0: Yeah. So uh, if you have any ideas. Uh, please uh, let us know your suggestions for obscure animation. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And today, today we are actually, we're diving into studio. We've done one other, actually our first, it's kind of appropriate because our very first uh, film that we did together oh, that's right. was a Rankin-Bass film.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was a TV special.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. The, the year without Santa Claus, uh, I believe was, was that one with yes. the, the Miser brothers.
1: Yes. <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> and, yeah, I, it's kind of interesting with Rankin Bass because I, <laughs> I, I kind of got sort of soured on them a little bit uh, when I, I kind of feel like I, I have a little bit of a different experience than most people because, you know, they'll just see a short here, a short there at Christmas well, I decided one year to. This was like 2015, I think. I decided that I was going to review them all for Christmas. It was going to be like oh, a thing wow. on my blog. Yeah, and I didn't make ambitious. it ambitious. I didn't make it. It wasn't. It was ambitious, but I got about. Uh, I think I. I don't know if I even got to Rudolph. I just really wasn't enjoying it, and I found that I don't know that what is sort of charming all by itself as one little short the sort of uh, the way that they're they're sort of in your face weird like Mm -hmm. like even in the rudolph one you know like the isle of misfit toys and the 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 debt the one that wants to be the dentist and you know all of that that it's it's just so like we're trying to be different and weird you know (laughs) Right. <laughs> that when you see a bunch of them and you see how cheap they are and you see how, how kind of cheap the music is, and they're all very similar songs, it just feels like watching a bunch of Happy Meal ads mm-hmm. in a movie. And what's really funny is, so I had done, I don't know, 15, maybe 20 reviews. So was
1: this, you were watching all of their TV holiday specials? Is yes. that what you were? Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And when I started, I even did The Hobbit. Oh wow. Okay. Only holiday, but, uh, that was my original goal. And, but what's really funny is I kind of forgot that I had, that I had done those. And when I got, uh, when I got approved on the Rotten Tomatoes, I I said, you guys, I'm going to let you upload all of my reviews onto the site and I'll do the new ones. You do all my old ones, both on YouTube and on, on, uh, on, my blog. And so some poor soul had to listen to all these these podcasts and all of these reviews and everything that I'd done over years. And, and they did the same with the blog. And and one day, one of my friends was like, You gave a negative review to Frosty the Snowman? And I was <laughs> like, I did. And I go look on my Rotten Tomatoes, and there it is. And they'd uploaded all of those rakes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is so great.
0: So, so uh, yeah. i <laughs> uh. like the only one who's probably <laughs> critical. I'm Frosty the Snow, <laughs> and well, I'm like Miss Christmas, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: so <is> so great. <laughs> uh, well, that that really is ambitious because they made a lot. Like, how many TV specials were there?
0: Um, there, there that were, you were a lot. on your list. You know that you yeah. were planning to
1: watch. Let's
0: see how many Do you recall? I got, oh, I don't. Uh, let's see how many I got through uh in the project let's see i only got through 12 so i didn't even make it that far
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot though uh, I'm, I'm with you you kind of watch these and you go into a time warp but not a good time warp no. um, you know well and, and you were a good sport to 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 watch these features that we're going to talk about so i you know i love sort of the turner classic movies cable yeah. network and they've got some really interesting uh, programmers. I mean, are, are, are the people, you know, I think that they really try to, do a, try to do a good job about bringing all sorts of a variety to that network. I mean, they've got a lot of time to program too. You know, I mean, it's 24 uh, seven commercial free, <laughs> basically. You know, right. it's other, other than their own commercials. But uh, still, but I got to tell you, I had no idea that Rankin-Bass actually made feature films that got put into theaters. Uh, I only knew them from their TV work. And that's mm-hmm. all I had seen were, were, you know, of course, Rudolph and The Year Without yeah. a Santa Claus. You once know, those, once and, and, I got
0: to Pinocchio's Christmas, that was the breaking point. Oh, wow. I was Pinocchio's that Christmas. Just, Pinocchio's yeah, Christmas
1: oh my God, are you kidding me?
0: Pinocchio's Christmas took me to a dark place that I have <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh how could it, it was not i mean that so, just sounds horrible it was
0: so bad and then they they have one called the stingiest man in town and you know me and christmas carols yeah but i i just i said i can't deal with it because the eyes were so weird looking mm-hmm. and yeah and then the leprechaun's christmas leprechaun's christmas and pinocchio's christmas were the double header of awfulness that I couldn't take anymore. I gotta tell you, they they were so
1: prolific. And frankly, I wonder if that's why the quality is the way it is. You know, because they were just cranking out stuff. But maybe, you know, it's like Jurassic Park. They didn't question if they didn't question if they should rather than if they could, right? You do all this, all this stuff. Yeah. All these movies. Ooh. Cause so Turner Classic Movies, they played three. Rankin Bass had these Rankin Bass feature films yeah. from the nineteen sixties on the other night, and you and I both recorded three of them. And then I, I, I think both of us we only watched two. <laughs> right? Yeah, and that was all I could take.
0: <laughs> they're just not good. I, I, they have good things about them, but they're, they're, they feel so derivative and devoid of any kind of creativity and it feels like such an attempt to kind of ape other studios and other films and i don't know it just it they feel like a happy meal kind of a thing mm-hmm. like a happy meal toy yeah
1: no that's a really good Something way to it's that.
0: just sort of cheap
1: yeah yeah <laughs> and i was just trying to pitch because again I'm just familiar with their TV work. Right. Up, up until yeah. this point. And I, I was just trying to picture as I was watching these movies we recorded off of TCM. How, would I have liked to have seen this in the theater? I think the answer would have been no, no, even as like a child, would. I'm not sure that I would have enjoyed seeing these I, films on the big screen.
0: I think that the mad monster party is much better Agreed. I think, than the Daydreamer one.
1: I agree. So yeah, those are the two that we watch. Right, The Daydreamer yeah. from 1966 and then Mad Monster Party from 1967.
0: It's just, I guess the, the thing is, is that there's just a difference between when somebody is being creative and someone is trying to appear creative. And that's what you get with all of the Rankin Pass films. Like, they're just not good <laughs> like and, yeah. even the shorts like at least the shorts are are short i know thank but, goodness
1: there's like in 22 minutes right like yes you know you're yeah,
0: grateful there's a heart to him that's missing to me there's a a weight to him a a we're trying to them that i just don't get and, yeah and maybe something is slightly lost in translation a little bit uh, cause I mean, I think that most of them were made in Japan. Yeah. And-
1: I think all the, all their, you know, their stop motion animation, which they called Animagic, magic. Right. I believe that was all done out of, out of a single studio or other studios in Japan. Yeah. But they were written by, uh, you know, I, I think most of them were written by Arthur Rankin Jr.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: directed by, jules bass
0: because if you compare even their shorts to say the neck that we watched from from russia yeah like that had so much more sort of artistry and yeah to me yeah
1: there was the, yeah there was a certain there as you said there's this heart to it that you could tell even though it was yeah very unusual particularly i think to my western sensibilities you know right but uh Still, uh, I'm with you. There was it was so compelling. there's so much heart, and as I was watching, I'm with you, particularly. I guess with both, but particularly the Daydreamer. I, I just, I just could never catch it, you know, catch the either catch the vision or maybe there just wasn't a vision to catch. You <laughs>
0: just like,
1: what yeah. is this thing?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. The the um, I think that some of the people at Rankin Bass, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, then went on to work on the Lupin film with Miyazaki. Oh, I believe. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, that there was some some moving over. Yeah. Uh, after that, and because this is 1966, of course that would have been a bit later that they they would have had the Lupin. Uh, what was that like, 78 or 79? Something yes, like that. Yes, I believe. Yeah. And so, the, in the Daydreamer, it's part live action, part stop motion. Which I, mean, I had no yeah, idea. Stop motion. Either. Oh, yeah? Until it yeah. started like,
1: wait a minute. <laughs> well, I, well, I guess until Ben Mankiewicz talked about it, you know, in, oh, in, in yeah. his intro of the film on TCM. You know, he's the, the TCM yeah. host.
0: And this is directed by by Jules Bass. Yeah. From Rankin Bass. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they have their Animagic and uh you know these were definitely geared towards kids right and I, I i don't know i i just figure i think kids will be really bored watching well, this movie. It,
1: yeah exactly and same thing because again this this daydreamer i mean it's what like an hour and 40 minutes
0: it's long yeah yeah and and it just goes
1: on and on, and, and <laughs> it's
0: long and it's very morose. I mean, we were we were just doing an episode on the rescuers, and that movie is pretty morose. But but I mean, gosh, every single one of these short stories ends badly. <laughs> I
1: know. <laughs> well, and the live action versus you know the, the animated you know the, the animagic scenes they're kind of random i mean because yeah. got such, such a random cast to, i know. You know to star in both yeah. the new voices and in the live action
0: because you have uh hans christian anderson uh christian as a little little kid yeah
1: he's a little boy right what do you think like maybe 10 11 or yeah, something, something like, like that. that
0: and his father makes uh shoes but he's a bad cobbler and yeah. His father
1: is played by Jack Guilford, and this is all live action. Mm-hmm. And um, you'd recognize if you don't know who Jack Guilford is, and I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Uh, you'd rec- you know, I think, you'd recognize him. He's he, he's I think a familiar face. I've done lots all uh-huh. sorts of character yeah. work, character work over the years. I
0: mean, but were you so excited when you saw Mrs. Blubber? oh my
1: stars, I couldn't believe it. Well, I mean, when her name <laughs> popped up in the credits, the opening credits, I just thought, are you kidding me?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Clobbleblobber is played by Margaret Hamilton uh, of Wicked Witch of the West. The,
1: A.K.A. the Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz, yeah. yeah.
0: And I feel really bad because I think her life was just kind of ruined because she was just, just so that ass, part. Right. And it, it I, I say that, but I it, it weirds me out when I hear her voice. It's so iconic to that part, and yeah. that's the worst, but as I feel bad for, but it's nevertheless true that as soon as I hear that voice, I gotta just a chill up my spine.
1: Yeah, just mm-hmm. think of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Instantly.
0: It's so iconic. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and Ray Bolger is the pie man. Yeah. Uh and this and random be, pie man. Yeah. He's he's uh trying to get his dad to not make him study as much. Uh he doesn't like studying. Um and then there's these weird as animated mice that are giving advice to his dad and that are helping him uh make the shoes and and they looked really terrible <laughs> even for nineteen sixty six. Um but there's not like a, it's it, it's it feels really messy as far as the narrative. There's not like a clear oh, kind of starting. There's not here. a
1: clear cut. Yeah. So he gets. Hans Christian Andersen gets like. Who's that? Old, that that man that try that like takes him away or whatever. This that, isn't
0: the pie man.
1: Yeah. Well, there's the pie man, but then there was also.
0: Um, oh, the Sandman.
1: So this, well, the Sandman is like his muse, kind yeah, of, right? Sandman
0: comes and takes him into the world of stories. Yeah, and uh, the Sandman—it's—it's it's like the cheapest. Uh, like visual effect you could ever have. What
1: would you even like, call it? I know. I'm it's pretty sure like...
0: that like Lauren, like Little House in the Prairie, had better visual effects. Like this <laughs> thing. Was, I mean, it just it looked like, uh, I don't know.
1: It, it was like a piece, like a a piece of tissue paper that they just would kind of like dangle yeah. in front of the camera.
0: Yeah, it did. It looked like kind of a a wave of TV current or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and yeah and I don't know I just feel like for for some reason these sometimes things can be low budget and they can be really kind of charming. They can be charming. Yeah, but for some reason it's it doesn't uh, like if you compare it to I don't know something like rocks rocks in my pockets, which is all really small and in stop motion and and uh, and obviously that's for adults, but. But it feels like somebody's vision. It feels like somebody's aesthetic. It feels mm-hmm. like even if it's on a small budget. And this just feels cheap.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, yeah, the man. it looks kind of like natural gas is what I said in my notes. Like a blue <laughs> <light>. <laughs> It doesn't look sandy at all. Like, at all.
1: It's really weird. And he's... Kind of blue, right? I mean, it kind of varies in color, but it's, yeah, it's not sand.
0: You know, it does the low budget really well from the, this is the 80s, but did you ever watch the old fairytale theater? Oh, yeah. Shelley Duvall? Yeah. I loved those Mm -hmm. growing up. We used to get them from the rental store. We would get the fairytale theaters and I have them all on DVD. I loved them so much. And, uh, and they would have really hokey special effects and really silly. But it, but it was so fun. Mm-hmm. I loved those. And <clears throat> so it starts out at the Garden of Paradise. And uh, basically, like, this whole thing is supposed to be to convince Christian to study, that, that it's going to be worth it for him. And so he's going to be taken uh, to see all these different stories that end up becoming his books is the very thin narrative that they have. Uh, but uh, they go to the garden of paradise and it's where all knowledge flows. And then we get to the first story is with the little mermaid. And, you know, anybody knows how much I love the disney yes. little mermaid but this one it has Haley mills as the little mermaid and yeah she's the it, voice. Is, it is more accurate to the book to the story than the disney version uh and it's probably my favorite part
1: yeah <laughs> it's the i agree greatest. i think it's it probably yeah mine too
0: but if I, c- uh, if
1: I can say i have a favorite part yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, and because she changes vows with the sea witch in order to save Chris's life and uh, and then she he basically like leaves her he doesn't care and she sings wishes and teardrops as a song and it's very sad <laughs> which is like the original story yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, she was cute at least uh, and then we we get uh, in the live action he gets a duck and i guess that was supposed to be an allusion to the ugly duckling later on yeah but they never really do they never tell us the story exactly so it's just kind of an easter egg i guess mm-hmm. uh, and then so as a live action chris he meets these tailors and then it starts him down into the animated world and we get the emperor's new gro- new clothes, and uh, that's when they they sing "simply wonderful," which was fine, I guess. And
1: <laughs> they all, as you said, all those songs sound so much alike. I think it's because they were all written by the same guy. It's mm-hmm. This guy named yeah. Mari Laws, and who they was would, the composer, pumped
0: them out these songs. Yeah, like none of them have any of the. Uh, uh, something obviously Rudolph that song was written beforehand and then they made the movie yes. off of it. Uh, but even for the, the year with no Santa Claus, the, um, Hey, Mr. Snow, you know, like yeah, that whole, the, uh, and the yeah. Yeah. Uh, nothing with any of that kind of, uh, um, fun. They're all pretty, pretty generic. Yeah. Pretty generic. And okay, then uh yeah, and the it's all right. The uh the Emperor's New Clothes, like it's okay, um, but nothing special. And and then uh there's a really bizarre live action sequence where Christian gets uh um gets arrested. Yes and that becomes the later on it becomes the big claws story. Yes. For, Hans Christian Andersen and he sings a uh, luck to sell it's called about how he's got luck to sell because he's been had such bad luck and being arrested and everything and it just feels so weird because they've just been having all these stories and all of a sudden you get this weird live action part and we haven't had any time really with the live action Chris except for that little bit with his dad so it's pretty weird.
1: It's just weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just really the only thing you can just say is like, wow, this is weird.
0: Right. And so then we get Thumbelina and Yes,
1: voiced by Patty Duke.
0: Patty Duke, yeah. And um it's-
1: Although I think that they like clearly amped up, I mean just some weird stuff to her voice, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like I
0: wondered about that because it didn't sound like yeah. I think a Patty Duke.
1: Yeah, it's just like they they took it and then put some put some really interesting electronic effects on it. <laughs> you know, yeah, auto tune from 1960. <laughs> it just didn't. It, it was it was weird because
0: yeah, they were trying just- to
1: make her sound small. Although Chris was her same size. Right. Anyway.
0: Yeah, and and he's really down on the fact that he's so small, and uh they sell Thumbelina to the uh, sold by the rat to marry the mole, which is part of the story. Yeah, and, and the
1: rat, if I'm not mistaken, was voiced by Boris Karloff.
0: Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, which I mean, I am a bit of a defender of the. Uh, Don Bluth, uh, Thumbelina. I don't think it's as bad as people say, but but the Mary Mary the Mole song is horrible. Yeah, I hate it's, that song.
1: it was awful.
0: <laughs> it was really bad. I mean, I, I admit it goes a long way to me the fact that Jodie Benson is Thumbelina. <laughs> I love her singing so much. Uh, but that was actually an early obscure animation that I did by myself before you joined in yeah <laughs> Polina, so you're free uh, you won't have, <laughs> to <do> it.
1: <laughs> I have to watch that one again
0: <laughs> oh i
1: think it's on disney plus
0: is it yeah but yes. that's but yeah so it's just so unpleasant this whole they're marrying off thumbelina and there's this whole isn't it cozy song which i think is right up there with mary the mole
1: mm-hmm.
0: in bad songs <laughs>
1: yes yes
0: and there's all these insects and it's just gross and basically like chris decides he doesn't want to be little anymore and he escapes and there's a giant bullfrog um and that's it we don't really find out much more about about I know. it's just like (laughs) well what's happened to thumbelina
1: (laughs) i kept waiting for them to come back and like you know like provide some closure
0: yeah no we don't we don't get anything and uh, so then they go to the uh, Garden of Paradise, and I, I guess this this is supposed to be Adam and Eve. There's it free sure knowledge.
1: Feels like Adam and Eve.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, and, they, and
1: again, and it's weird because it's like it's all kind of in in light tones almost even as like it's all could be like white, right? All, yeah, the, there's the, all the whole knowledge. set there that they put the animagic Magic characters in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah.
0: Yeah, and if he does, he'll be lost to the valley of nothingness. And uh so he me he he uh and then he's tempted to eat the fruit by a character named Puck and uh so and then basically everything kind of explodes and he's back and uh because he's woken up by the game warden and uh and then uh so they he's gotten out of his uh rest and uh then they don't have any money and uh there's a whole song about uh his father has paid for his his um uh, bail with the with the wedding ring from his mother, and there's a whole song about doing math at the end, uh-huh. doing the table. Yeah, and uh, and then we just find out at the end that oh look he used all of these for his stories later on. So, I it's over. That's and, it, you
1: know, and you're grateful. I mean, I was grateful, grateful that it was over,
0: but I was too.
1: but it still it just was so weird because it's, it just seemed like the ending was really abrupt. Kind of like the, kind of like the ending of every story, you know, within the film was abruptly ended.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's really, really
1: a weird movie.
0: It's, it is, it really, I agree. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'd probably, I guess, I don't know, give it like a three out of 10.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I I gave it one out of five stars. Yeah, um, a two or a
0: three. Yeah. Two. Yeah. it's 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 a rough set. Uh, so then the Mad Monster Party, um, which, was, it,
1: which was released a year later in 1967. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm.
0: That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it feels rushed. Uh, basically, you have in this one, you have Frankenstein. Uh, Doctor Frankenstein is working in his lab. And the thing I thought about almost all of this movie is that I didn't think that the music was spooky enough. Like, he's working on his, you'd expect it to be like, ooh. Yeah, instead
1: they were just going for, like, that kind of groovy 1960s yeah. type of music. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, in Frankenweenie, the, the music is way more atmospheric or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so this music wasn't like
1: atmospheric at all. It, was just, no. it just seemed very much of the time period.
0: And the music was very loud in certain points. The mix mix of it Mm -hmm. sometimes it was hard to hear what the characters were saying. Mm -hmm. So loud. Yeah. Um,
1: Agreed. Uh, The instantly the one thing I that I I guess that it didn't really completely hook me, but the the puppets they designed for this because they're all from characters mm -hmm. that we know. Right. These are all these are all established, you know, book and movie monsters. And, and, uh, those I thought were fun. The, yeah. you know, the, the, uh, the way that they designed the Animagic puppets.
0: I agree. I think that the, uh, the, this opening credits, uh, sequence where they're all getting their invitations to the party, Yes. I thought was fun and it had some energy to it. And, uh, so I thought it was probably the best part of the
1: movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think the opening credits were for sure the. The best part, <laughs> mm-hmm. the best part of the movie. But it's, it's Dr. Frankenstein, he, he is going to retire. Right. And so he, he's going to turn everything over to his, kind of his long lost nephew, right? And if, if I'm remembering the story correctly, if I wasn't half asleep, I think I was, I think I was awake. <laughs> and then uh, he's inviting all of the people, all of the, all of the monsters to this announcement right is that they kind of know what's going on and that, i agree with you that's really fun because we get to meet all the all the different monsters i wish there are many mm-hmm. you know
0: yeah and this movie was i think more made for adults it was yeah it was written by the creator of mad magazine and had the mad M- magazine artist jack davis uh that was helping with the design. Yeah. And I think that helps a lot. I think it gives it just some personality. Yes. It gives it some, uh, it makes it just have some flair. It's a little bit more fun. It I, just has
1: a bit of a zany quality to it. Yeah. Which helped it. Right. And yeah, it really kind of that Mad Magazine-esque, it, it mm-hmm. sh- shines through, yeah. doesn't it? Yep. Yeah.
0: I think so. And uh, and so one thing I thought was weird is there's a character named Felix. And I thought I Well, Felix
1: like, is the nephew, right?
0: Yeah, that's that's going to inherit. Yeah. And I, I thought that... He, were they trying to sound like Jimmy Stewart? Because it wasn't Jimmy yes. Stewart.
1: It was not Jimmy Stewart, but he was... They were... Yeah, his voice was being imitated by... I mean... the 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 voice character actor his name is alan swift who voiced the majority of of these characters right
0: yeah Yeah. that guy was working overtime he was
1: go he was he was he was channeling his internet jimmy stewart (laughs) yeah was kind of weird
0: it was weird
1: yeah i don't think it necessarily worked but he was consistent at least with it
0: yeah he did like 13 characters yes in this movie which that boy that's a lost art yeah the, uh, i mean may there's a couple of this maybe the simpsons uh voice actors like your mm-hmm. uh, uh maybe your harry Shearer and your uh, your um hank azaria his area yeah can
1: pull, pull and, off. from one
0: voice to another voice and yeah and uh that he can do have conversations with himself and uh you know some of these just amazing voice actors but you don't see that as much anymore uh that people you know people can do that and so that's pretty cool. Well, yeah.
1: and one interesting thing, too, about it. So the the, the comedian uh, Phyllis Diller mm-hmm. also is a voice in this. And they crafted the puppet to look like her, too, <laughs> which I thought, which is a trick that they do a lot with their TV specials, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the characters look like Burl Ives or Fred Astaire or whoever's narrating
0: well, the uh, thing I thought was weird though is he sounds like Jimmy Stewart, but I didn't feel like his character was a Jimmy Stewart archetype. Oh no. It, it wasn't character. at all. That's
1: what I thought that was that was such a <laughs> I weird that. choice.
0: Why did they it was uh it was kind of nerdy, he was kind of yeah, you know, like he, he wasn't he, you'd almost think of more like a Jerry Lewis or somebody like that yeah. over somebody like Jimmy Stewart. I it mean was, the only thing that,
1: that I thought worked with I mean I guess that I thought about is often, you know, Jimmy Stewart plays a very earnest kind of character. Mm-hmm. And Felix is is pretty earnest, pretty, pretty genuine, but still uh Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Whatever. And, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, and so Phyllis Diller, she sings uh your, She sings you're different. It's song called You're Different. Yeah. And uh and then uh, there's uh Dr yeah, Dr. Frankenstein, he's retiring. He's gonna give everything over to Felix. And, and another
1: character he has a voice by Boris Karloff. Uh,
0: yeah, and yeah. I did feel with Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, he did kind of remind me of Dracula in the Hotel Transylvania movies. In fact, this yes. one, this movie felt like it might as well have been a Hotel Transylvania movie. And I would wonder if Gendy was it all
1: Yeah, you know, influenced by this
0: or, mm-hmm. or maybe something yeah maybe like he that. enjoyed
1: this you know saw this movie as a kid or something and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: It, it felt very i i think this could be hotel transylvania 4 they've got it ready to go <laughs> 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 but, and uh there's uh there's yetz yetch a character in yetch that uh that keeps uh losing his head. Yeah. And, like, who, that was a pretty funny gag. That was oh,
1: kind of yeah, the, that was I thought that was funny too. And they were kind of channeling uh Peter Lorre for mm-hmm. that I thought for Yetch. You know? Yeah. Just, yeah.
0: And that was funny. That was a good gag. And uh then Dr. Frankenstein he has this formula that can destroy all of humanity. So all these evil villains want want the formula there's the uh, mad mummy dance at a certain point and uh and then they sing our time to shine uh and, <laughs> and more when, music
1: by marty laws where you're just gonna like yeah can i fast forward
0: <laughs> yeah and uh there was a there was some funny gags with the uh the Invisible Man, and at a point he gets, uh, you see, you see him, and he's, They say, "No wonder you're invisible. <laughs> you're <Yes>. ugly."
1: <laughs> invisible Man, and and uh, I thought they used Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. You know, I thought that humor was pretty good. Yeah, you know, again, almost again, very Mad Magazine kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I They're playing it for laughs rather than for scares.
0: Right, and uh, they there's another song, "One Step Ahead." Which is sung by Doctor Frankenstein. He's talking to Felix, and uh, then Felix and Francesc- Francesca fall in love. And yes, it turns out that
1: Francesca is a creation of Doctor Frankenstein, right? Right. Yeah.
0: And there's kind of a fun fireworks sequence, yeah, with, with them that I liked. I thought that was cool, and. Uh, the ending was kind of. Did, what did you feel like? It was sort of an homage to some, like a hot. Area? Yeah. And he's absolutely. Like, none, none of us are perfect, the same thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It It's totally some like a hot.
0: <laughs> and again,
1: like as you were saying, only adults are going to get that, right? The, the, you know, the parents that have taken their kids to this, <laughs> yeah
0: yeah the 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 island is destroyed and yeah you see uh felix and francesca and uh you know that she says i'm a i'm a creation of dr frankenstein and he says well none of us are perfect
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) one of the things i thought was maybe maybe what i thought was the most interesting rachel not that there really was one you know <laughs> and most in this but uh you know at least in a positive way but uh the the uh, sets that they built for the animagic characters mm-hmm. occasionally i thought oh that's a pretty cool set you know that's a pretty neat room in this castle or a neat something and then and they uh, occasionally and i only mean yeah. occasionally would have an interesting <laughs> camera angle of yeah. it too because that's i think one of the challenges of this Magic is that um and part of it could be you know i think we've got just there's been more sophisticated movies and therefore we have more sophisticated tastes i mean you compare it to you know the work of henry Selick or the stuff that mm-hmm. comes out of laika i mean this is amazing you know right. what they're doing uh, and even though they're using some computers, they're still so use so much of it's practical, right? With what they with, uh, with what they're doing, but but it's just like the camera is just static, you know. And then mm-hmm. and then and then the animagic stuff is happening, and none of it's particularly fluid or or interestingly lit or anything, <laughs> you know. It's just kind of
0: yeah
1: puppets on puppets on a stage, and and uh, yeah,
0: but, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd be curious to see what other animation, stop motion animation, was happening from other during studios this, during this time period. I mean, yeah. uh, the the uh, the animation in uh in two D animation obviously was far superior to this. Uh, obviously different art form, but that was uh. I mean, you just think. Well, I have someone like Sleeping Beauty. Uh, yes. <laughs> that it's just you can't compare, uh, you can't compare them. But uh, but yeah, I'd be interested to know what other. I mean, I guess we watched that Goldrich Travels, but that was way before, way yeah, earlier,
1: way early. And again, yeah, and again, just animated, right? I mean, two D.
0: Yeah, but this, uh, I I think this had some, this had some personality. It had some jokes that worked. Uh I wasn't miserable watching it. It was. A lot better than the Daydreamer. Yeah,
1: oh yeah, no question. You compare the two and it was it's it's a lot it's a lot better than the Daydreamer, but it's still ultimately I just thought it was not very good. I mean it had, I guess, a bit of a satisfying ending, right? Mm-hmm. Um but it also just felt like it took a really long time to get there. <laughs> yeah,
0: it it definitely feels too long. And 95 minutes and it probably should going been
1: on six, like six 4 days. hours, you know. I mean, I just yeah, just Yeah, it really it should have been more like
0: 60, 60 yeah. minutes I think with what they had to go with. Right. But- well, and
1: again, just like we were talking at the top of the sh- you know, the top of the podcast, the uh I'm just so accustomed to watching Rankin Bass move, you know, Produced shows that were done for TV, and that were you know these hour-long specials, and what you know what is that total like forty-five minutes or something you know with one of those specials to Mm -hmm. accommodate for the commercials right right? and
0: yeah twenty-two minutes that
1: seems about right (laughs) right you know that's because it still can be kind of cute and charming and you're not tired of it but these go on for such a long time i that was that Mm was yeah uh yeah at
0: least least this doesn't try to get any emotion out of you like exactly daydreamer and like most of the shorts do
1: yes
0: and they take themselves pretty seriously actually even Mm -hmm. if you look at rudolph you know that it it's it's pretty taking itself pretty seriously yeah. And uh, I this think was that, a real farce.
1: Yeah. You know? This was silly. Yeah. Yeah. So I
0: think it's better. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, uh the, uh, I mean, you have the, uh, Nestor the Long Eared Donkey, which is, is, is so melodramatic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, yes. just like I kind of, that one I kind of give a little bit of pass to just because I think it's so over the top. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. That, uh, but I, they, I, I think that's what makes this better. So it's just an hour of comedy, and so I think it's more enjoyable. Right? Yeah,
1: I agree with you. So the third feature that, that they showed that on that ranking bass night on, on uh-huh. Turner Classic Movies was The Wacky World of Mother Goose, which also came out in 1967, so same year as Mad Monster Party. And I, I think I've seen it before, like years ago.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, but I'm glad we didn't. Watch. I don't think I could <laughs> watch the watch the, the third one. Yeah,
0: yeah, especially after uh, uh, the. And is it is it uh, the the Wacky World of music Is is that one stop motion or is it regular animation? Well, I
1: think it 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 looks to me like it's mostly regular animation, and I just wonder mm-hmm. if there's some if there's some stop motion in it. But actually, it looks like it's. Um it's too you know, 2D animation.
0: Yeah, that looks I'll,
1: I'll a la Frosty the Snowman.
0: <laughs>
1: you know. Yeah. That that that, kind of that, that right.
0: style. You saw what I heard what I thought about Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> yes. That would be bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, if you've seen either of these two, let us know what you think. You think we're being too grumpy? or uh i know i hate to be us? so grumpy
1: but they were <laughs> they were they were a challenge definitely
0: yeah i pr- i probably give i don't know mad monster party i'd probably give it a four
1: yeah and i think i just gave it a one star too you although it is, star? it is it is better it's one, one out of four i think she's doing out of five stars it is better
0: oh than- no i four out of ten Oh yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it is better than
0: uh
1: the, you know the, the, the Daydreamer. Daydreamer
0: for sure. Yeah. I'd probably give it two two uh, two stars out of 5. Yeah, okay. And yeah, yeah, and then give the Daydreamer one yeah, one. Uh and uh but you know, it's interesting to it's kind of a a good uh kind of if you're talking about obscure animation i think it's a good one to kind of talk about and And again
1: i felt it was kind of in a way just like a film history lesson because uh again i just i I felt pretty ignorant just because like like, really they made movies (laughs) Mm -hmm. i always thought they did tv
0: right (laughs) so well, yeah, let us know if you've seen either of these, what you think, if you enjoyed them. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, yeah, this was fun to get to dive into. And we'll be excited to talk about something else for, uh, for July's Obscure Animation. And uh, we'll let you know what that is. And uh, Stanford, where can people find you?
1: I'm on Twitter, at Stanford Clark. And I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com.
0: Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So make sure to check that out. And uh, and uh, if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. And if you are, wa- are listening on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that that's so much. We have our merch store, which you get hashtag animation t-shirts. Uh, and we also have our patron group, which you can give all kinds of suggestions for obscure animation and any other podcasts that we're doing. And we so appreciate that help in the patron group. And uh, thanks so much. And yeah, we'll talk next month.
1: Hey thanks. Bye, Bye. everyone.